0: War. War never changes. The Romans waged war to gather slaves and wealth. Spain built an empire from its lust for gold and territory. Hitler shaped a battered Germany into an economic superpower. But war never changes.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Retro Film Dango. It's episode 15, and we're talking about war movies. Yeah. I am Ramvox. I'm joined by Buried on Mars. Hey, now. Last time I called you that. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, uh, man, I got to stop this because we what? are welcoming back. Oh, I got to stop the, the act. Oh. We're welcoming back a long... Jeez, wow, whoa way back in episode one one of the guys who helped us launch this podcast welcome back player one sean oh my goodness it's been too long
2: uh yeah it's been uh uh i don't even i can't even remember the last time we were on a show
3: you Uh, have a lurker but
2: this is the first podcast i've been on even since july so super rusty
3: sean
1: you have a lurker Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my mom. She's the laundry room's right over, right over there.
1: All right, she's welcome.
2: The the, the dryer just stopped. Has, uh,
3: <laughs> has she watched Bridge on the River Kwai? Uh,
2: you know what? She saw Bridge on the River Kwai years ago. Uh, her brother owned the copy that I originally watched when I was a kid.
3: Oh wow! Well, there you oh. go.
2: Yeah, and she's
1: a big Alec Guinness fan. Nice. Well, who is it? I, I, ooh, I can't jump the gun here, You yeah, you almost you tipped, were, your, tipped your hand. You were right about something. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we're starting off with the bridge on the River Kwai from 1957. Here's the trailer.
0: The adventure they'll all be talking about, as long as the motion picture screen has the power to thrill, to excite, to amaze. The winner of seven Academy Awards and 27 International Awards. From the makers of Lawrence of Arabia, The Bridge on the River Kwai. I am the commanding officer of this camp. You British prisoners have been chosen to build a bridge across the River Kwai. If you work hard,
4: you will be treated well.
0: But if you do not work hard, you will be punished. My name is Nicholson. Give me the book. Well, by all means. You read English, I take it. Do you read Japanese? I'm oh, sorry, no, but if it's a matter of precise translation, I'm sure that can be arranged. You see, the code specifically states that the... Divers in the ranks. You go on without me. That's an order. You make me sick with your heroics. There's a stench of death about you. You're carrying your pack like the plague. You and that Colonel Nicholson, you're two of a kind, crazy with courage. For what? How to die like a gentleman, how to die by the rules, when the only important thing is how to live like a human being. The bridge on the River quiet. the picture that must be seen and seen again for the suspense of its drama, for the courage of its fighting men. From the producer and director of Lawrence of Arabia, the magnificent adventure of our age, best picture and winner of six other Academy Awards, including best actor, Alec Guinness, best director, David Lee.
3: British POWs are ordered by their Japanese captors to construct a bridge of strategic importance and are happy to sabotage and delay the progress until their commanding officers order them to continue the work unhindered to its completion, but there are actions tantamount—is that how you say it?
1: That's tentamount, how you
3: say it. Uh, to uh, collaborating with the enemy—that's
1: one big run-on sentence. All right. All right.
3: There's no, there's no punctuation in that at all. It's all huge. Yeah,
1: and uh, it's, it's missing other key uh, elements of the film too.
3: Yes, but you know, uh, like isn't
1: isn't that the first thirty minutes?
3: Pretty much, yeah. But they don't want to give away the ending. All right. Oh yeah, and the film uh, stars William Holden, Alec Guinness, Jack Hawkins, and oh, I don't, I don't know if I can do that name. That's a Richard name right there.
1: Uh, sis, 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 sis.
3: You sound like Phil Collins. It's not Su- Su- <laughs> Studio. What is that name? <laughs> uh,
1: I, I've actually never come across this name before. It looks like Sesue. But that would not be how it's pronounced. Possibly uh, uh, Sesshu?
3: I don't know. You tell me. I know. Sesshuwa.
1: Ayakawa is easy, but uh, Sesshuwa. Se-
3: Anyways, uh, it looks like it's missing Steven. a letter. I don't know. Stephen
1: Hayakawa.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, it's directed by David Lean, and the runtime for this one is two hours and 47 minutes. This is a big, long film. So, this was my recommendation for this episode. This is one of my favorite war films of all time. Um, I This was the movie where Alec Guinness stopped being Obi Wan Kenobi to me and actually became Alec Guinness, the actor. Um, and I became a huge fan of William Holden. Um, yeah, it's a long movie, but I've, it's you know one that uh, moves for me. There's a lot going on. I love how all the characters are um, different uh, shades of gray. They're not just uh, black and white characters that are either all good or all bad. They all have their redeeming qualities and their not so redeeming qualities, and uh, a lot of a lot of stuff to bite into in this movie. That, uh, that and that's the reason why I enjoy it. Uh, and that's the reason why I recommended it. So, uh, ah, man, this is probably about my third or fourth time watching the film. I watched it in 4K this time. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so, Sean, was this your first time watching Bridge on the River Kwai?
2: No, no. So, uh, as I mentioned, my uncle, huge, huge war buff, uh, loves anything to do with World War One, World War II, and used to have walls and walls of movies, uh, VHS, uh, back when I was young, and this was one that, like you, he loved it. Um, when I was a kid, he was like, you got to watch this, and then listed off every reason why this was historically important and why uh, why I was going to love it and why a young man of, I uh, was probably like 12 or 10 or somewhere <laughs> that range, you know, why it was imperative that I see this movie and understand what was going on in it. And as a 10-year-old, two hours and 47 minutes is a long
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would have appreciated it as a 10-year-old as well. It,
2: uh, yeah, it was definitely, for me then, I found it to be a bit of a slog. It was, it, as a kid, you know, I was slow. There was no action going on. I didn't care what was happening. I didn't understand the intricacies of, you know, this guy is trying to get this bridge built for this reason. Um, watching it now as an adult, I appreciate it much, much more. And I liked it a lot. There's one or two things that I think would have made the experience better for me. Um, but uh, like I would have liked to have seen more. I don't know if I can go into that yet. Yeah, um,
4: sure.
2: I would have liked to have seen more of a focus on the bridge. I felt like it was two movies put together. Mm. There was the story that was happening in the camp, the building of the bridge, and um, Alec Guinness's character, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, I think it was Nichols? Nicholson? Yep. Nichols? Yep. Um, and, and I think that they, if they had trimmed out a lot of the, we're doing the espionage counterterrorism aspect and focused more on the dynamic in the camp, you know, maybe a little bit more strife with the guys, show a little bit more uh, of the actual, closer to what the actual conditions would have been like in World War II, because those guys... Uh, would have been, it, the conditions would have been ten times worse than what they had shown uh, at the beginning. I think that would have made for for me, I would have enjoyed that more. I found that the parts that were um, the slutty American and the Canadian <laughs> and uh, the other British guy, I think that if they it was important to have that because it gave us that closure at the end of the movie, but I think they could have cut a lot of that down and keep the runtime the same, even, you know, maybe a little bit less, but if you cut a little bit of that out and add a little bit more in the camp and show us that dynamic, because I don't think it would have been as simple as him. I mean, I'm I'm in the military, so our commanders make decisions all the time that don't make any sense to us. And it's never as simple as them going, well, your morale's up and we're going to do it. And we're like, okay, we're
4: going to get in line.
2: Like, that, doesn't fucking, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I, I think that, that could have been – I mean, but – I mean, this movie's like on the American Film Board of most like most important historical movies. So, who am I to talk, right? But I, I just I, I felt like it was two movies put together. It was a uh, a political uh, war drama based around the bridge, and it was sort of a uh, a uh, an I don't want to say action movie, but because it wasn't really action, but like an espionage, you know, sneaking in, taking down the bridge movie. I felt like they were, they tried to put the two together, and I think I think it hurt a little bit because of it, but. um The parts on the bridge, I loved. I loved that exploration.
3: Okay, fair enough. Richard, we're all sitting here waiting. What did you think? The word I I
1: kept thinking Mm. during this whole thing was miniseries. This felt like the reason why uh, television started making miniseries, where you you could tell a longer story, get deeper with the characters, and basically probably influence the way that uh, television programs are done now with the you know thirteen episode arc where you can break it down, tell your story, get background on the other characters, build them up, and ultimately bring everything to a you know a, a nice end. Um, I, I guess I'm closer to Sean on this because I I enjoyed the film, but I really wish I had seen it earlier. Partially is just because I've had a hectic week, and partially is just (laughs) (laughs) overall um, trying to sit down and watch a a full movie, you know, even if it's just a two hour movie, Mm. uh, is difficult for me now. But if I had seen this uh, maybe about 10 years ago, I think that was kind of the sweet spot where I could sit down and just, all right, I'm going to watch a three hour movie. I'm going to watch a three hour movie. I was old enough to appreciate it, but young enough that I can devote the time to it
3: i I just want to remind Uh, everyone that it was you a month ago who said no we're gonna watch these three war movies and i'm like they're really long and you're like i don't care i'm watching them
1: i absolutely wanted to (laughs) i just want that on the record i was absolutely ready for it (laughs) it's busy week (laughs) busy week um so it took me about five or six sittings to, to polish this off over a course of a little over a week so my, my ultimate image of the movie is a little fragmented just from the nature of how I watched it. I agree with that the The side story of the American character and his escape and then eventual like his background of what he was. It was it was interesting. It was well done. Any part of this movie is well done. If I just flipped this, uh, you know, turn on the TV, this was on, I could sit down and watch it at any point and enjoy it. But uh, as the overall story, I was definitely more interested in Alec Guinness's part. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to see more of him uh, and his interactions with Saito. Uh, I think my favorite moments of the film were more towards the first half when it was the Battle of Will. uh, Mm -hmm. With him standing up for himself and uh, he, he was determined that we are going to remain soldiers. We are not going to be slaves. I will not give in. Because uh, there was a whole to-do about officers doing manual labor, uh, which was against the Geneva Convention. And he's got the the articles, and he's handing them. And, and he's a total gentleman the entire time. He's a professional. And that was my favorite part of the movie. When He, was, he, he had been put in uh, what they call it, the oven, mm-hmm. yeah. the hot box, to, to have him sweat it out. And they would pull him out, and he's all groggy and stumbling, but... His men are there watching him, so he holds himself upright, <clears throat> and then forces himself <clears throat> to march nicely into, you know, the offices. He he's always, you know, uh, uh, a, a perfect soldier. He he refuses to let his guard down and to be seen as anything less than his rank. You know, he he keeps his position uh, and then all the interactions when they eventually start to inspect the bridge and say alright we're going to take this over we're going to start building yeah. it and we're going to build it better and then he basically takes control of the operation and is sitting there just silent during the whole meeting alright that,
2: sure. that scene <laughs> is incredible like you, you see the power like even as a, as a viewer on the outside you can feel the power shift in that room and you know right at the moment when he says hold on before you go on can we get some tea? Yeah,
4: yeah. And, and you
2: know, like, and it's like, it's like, you know, you're the big dog now. You know, you, you just, you just took over that whole situation. Like, and and you can even see uh, Saito's like, he, you could tell him he, like, he realizes by the end of that that meeting. You 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 see as it as it goes through the stages, you see the the will drain out of him to the point that he's like, I, all right, I understand now that I've I've lost this room. The only thing I can do is hold on and hope that this will goes in my favor. That's such a great, a great sequence. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. leading up to that scene too, that whole uh, rant that he goes on where he's like, I hate Englishmen because they're stubborn and this and that. And he's really talking about Nicholson. He it's not it's just him. It's him specifically yep. that he hates. And uh, yeah, he's just the, by the end of that the uh, the supper sequence. There, he's just a broken man. He's just like I—I've totally lost control of of everything.
2: The order's already yeah. been given. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's like that's
2: a, that's not a statement of oh, I already told these guys to do it. It's the words came out of your mouth. That's the order being given. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not oh, I've already done that. I've already told the men to do that. It's you standing at the end of the table making this recommendation is giving the order. There's no I don't it's, need it's, to repeat
1: it's that. Basically, him saying yes, sir. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. It's great. Now,
3: I, I, I know what you guys are saying by the two movies uh, kind of meshed together. I I would agree with you, but to me that whole end scene is just such a payoff for all of that build-up that it's worth it to me. Um, it
1: is. It, it it just took its time. I, yeah. I think it, had they... Started in on that a little bit earlier because the movie you get probably a good hour into the film before they before they go back to uh, the American character and you know he was like adrift a and got found by some natives and then suddenly he's back you know in a hospital and then you kind of have to backtrack to find out what happened um, that goes on you know probably more into the second half of the film so it. it it felt to me like um, Full Metal Jacket, mm. where suddenly it just becomes another movie. Yeah, uh, and and you know they do incorporate it back in, but it it just felt a little late for me. Just it,
3: I, I, for for me, like just have seen him like what he had to go through to get out of that jungle, how the uh, British kind of uh, cornered him into going back into it. He basically didn't have mm-hmm. a, a choice. How the uh, leader of the uh, uh british uh
1: uh it was like a special unit the demolitions yeah.
3: unit well and, the, and their leader hurts he hurts his foot, so he 's the guy that can 't go in and push the plunger for it, so they have to send the young guy and just that whole thing where they 're trying to time it with the with the train um it, you know it's, and then you know they do everything perfect they go in there, they do everything perfect, they set all the explosives all perfect they're all ready to go for this thing, and then the river drops, and now everything that they yeah. did. Uh, that was three feet underwater last night is now exposed and to me like like everything in the movie is just built up to that moment and if that payoff wasn't there where because you've you see Nicholson going through all of this stuff like he went like he's in the hot box for like a month you know because he He doesn't want bridge right and well and he well he doesn't want his officers working you know this is something you don't do and Mm -hmm. it's he, They even say along the track, everybody else is doing it. He's like, I don't care. That's appalling to me. I am not doing this thing. And he went through hell. And then he gets to the point where, okay, we got to finish this bridge. Let's get the officers to do some work. And his second is like, you could just see it in his face. It's like, you just sat in a pot in a box for a month to say no, and now you're rushing to get mm-hmm. this done. And when he sees those those explosives there, and you're just sitting there like, how far is he going to go? How far is he going to take this thing? And yeah. You, I don't know. To me, the whole thing pays off in that last scene. And I, I don't know if you – maybe sure you they could have shortened up them putting the explosives on the bridge or anything like that. But to me, I don't know. It, it was just perfect for I th-
2: me. I think both stories separately are very strong. Uh, mm. I, actually, since Richard said miniseries, now is all I could think is that I wish it was a miniseries. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, he, but, he's right. Yeah. Uh, you could never remake it because who's going to replace a knight? You know, what I mean, Sir Alec Guinness. Right, right. No one, there's no one today that could do that. Um, but uh, you, you're right because you're from the point of view of the demolitions. You know, they see Nichols walk up to the bridge and they're getting ready. They hear you know the trains coming and they see him and like first they see their guys march across. Like, okay, our guys are safe, they're good. But they don't know that for the last six months, eight months, a year, however long it's been, that Nichols has been they've been building this bridge and now like he needs this bridge. Mm. And I mean, this is this is their bridge they built it. He has pride in this, so they he's looking around going, "What's going on?" You know, he's seeing that there's something weird they're on the shore thinking what is he doing why just walk walk away you know because in their minds he's he still on their side. destroy this right. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah and they don't realize that he's had he said that mental shift from I don't know whether he was necessarily I don't think he was necessarily that's, I mean, that's another discussion we can have is did he actually, he, did, was he switching sides or was he just trying, did it go from I want to keep my troop together and keep our dignity to now I want something we can be proud of.
3: Well, to me, that, that's uh, the beautiful thing of this movie is at the beginning, throughout that whole beginning part, you think that this Nicholson guy has it all together. He knows exactly what he wants and how he wants. He sticks to the rules. This is, I will sit in a box for a month and I, to get what I want and everything. Yeah. And then once that bridge is built, because he was so focused on that bridge and that he has that one scene where he's just staying there and he's looking off the edge of the bridge and he's like i have i'm like everyone else i have no idea why we're here i have no idea why we do the things Mm -hmm. we do i have no idea if i'm doing good if i'm doing bad all these things go through my head you know and then he drops a stick and he gets distracted he's like he's off onto something else and to me just that whole transaction transaction from that character where you're just like you're thinking one thing throughout most of this movie and then at the end you realize like no he's just like everybody else. He has no idea what's what's happening. And that whole plays into part of how far is he going to go towards the end. And I think he was just try, trying to distract himself from the the terrible situation he was in, you know, and I think yeah. he just felt like this was mm-hmm. the best way to get him and his men through what they were going through.
2: That that's still like the way that he behaves throughout this whole movie is still part of the officer training they give to the guys in the, in the Canadian Navy anyway, really? like the scene where he walks into the hospital and there's guys that are hurt and they're banged up in there. And he's like, yeah. Oh, you can lift a paint can.
4: Yeah. Oh,
2: I know you're hurt, but you can do a little bit. We won't ask too much. That happens. Like that literally happens on the ship. And, and the difference is those guys all got up and said, yeah, we can help, which is what most people do. Cause for some reason, people are terrified to say no to anybody of a higher rank, which is good if you're a higher rank. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, what they don't show is if somebody says no, then it's that uh, that oh, do you mind helping? Becomes well, you're you're a waste of space. You're useless to us. Why right. are you here? Why are you doing this to us? That uh, so yeah, that uh, I mean that would have been cool to see that side of it too. But I do like yeah, it's the movie as a whole is good and he, both parts without both parts being the way they are, you lose that that scene at the end that where where the one side is saying why aren't you why aren't you with us you know and the other side and he's saying. Why are you trying to destroy this thing that we've built? You know, you Mm -hmm. lose that if you don't have it the way it is. So, I mean, it's definitely... Go if you're not ten years old. Go watch
4: this movie.
3: <laughs> uh, even like every character is like is, is set up so well in this movie. Even the the side story with the with the Canadian in the jungle and he doesn't uh, yeah. take out the guy, which leads to the the officer hurting his foot. And then you know as the as Alec Guinness is coming closer towards him and how how far is he gonna go? Like when he's at the plunger, and he then the Canadian young Canadian guy is now the one that has to push the. The lever and how far is he is he gonna be able to pull out the knife and all that stuff? Just so much tension and uh, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I did take some notes here. Just a few things. Uh, uh, the doctor reminded me a lot of Doctor McCoy. Just that yeah. voice, that yeah. voice of reason. Uh, you know, what is this all about? What are we all doing? Like, it, yeah. it, I I wonder if that like if they used a, a lot of that character in the actual, in actual Doctor McCoy. Uh, and that's it. That's the only notes I had. All right. <laughs> that was, uh... I took note.
2: I took note. <laughs> <laughs> I, took, I guess I did. Well, I did
3: take, I, t- I, I wrote down all the characters of Shades of Grey, but I already talked about that. Okay, so, uh, long-time listeners of uh, Film Dangle might have noticed that uh, we did not do any fun facts because we're doing a little twist on the fun facts. Uh, what I like to do when I watch these kind of Films is go and look up how historically accurate the movies are. It's what I don't know. It's just a thing I got to do. I got to know how well they did, and I don't even want these. I didn't want these guys to know what I was doing because I wanted to ask them how historically accurate do you believe the movie is?
2: I I did the same thing, so I can't answer for this or Glory because it'd be cheating. <laughs> okay, because okay, <sorry. laughs> I I watched it and I was like I was actually had shadow outside using the bathroom and I was like I got to look and see. Because the character of Nichols just feels like such a real character, right? Um, and I know the truth now. Right. So. Okay,
3: okay. So you did cheat. All right, all right. Ask well, away. All I right, Richard. So how how, uh, how uh, accurate, historically accurate, do you feel the the movie is?
1: Um. Initially, I would have said I have no idea because I I never even heard about any actual events of this. So. Based on what Sean just said, I'm <laughs> gonna say uh, it's an it's complete fiction. No,
3: nope. no, it's pretty close. It's all made it's... up.
1: There was never a British army. Get out. <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> there was never. a British... <laughs> Well, uh, let's just say. Uh, well, let me just let me just read you down a couple of facts about the movie. Okay, uh, so this this is kind of a big knock against uh, the the historical accuracy of the film. Uh, there is a bridge. Uh, out there, it uh, does uh, follow along the uh, Burma Siam Railway, and British officers did did build it, but it doesn't actually go over the the River Kwai. Uh, the the author, so this was based on a novel written by Pierre Boulet, and uh, he uh, was a British officer, uh, and he knew a lot about the 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 railway, and he knew that the River Kwai ran alongside of it, but uh, and he knew about this bridge. And he just kind of assumed that it went over the River Kwai, but it doesn't actually go over it. So that's, that's a big uh, misconception. Um, so the destruction of the bridge that's depicted in the film is also fictional. Uh, in fact, there was two bridges built. Uh, one was a temporary wooden bridge and a permanent steel concrete bridge um, that they uh, finished a few months uh, later. Both bridges were used for two years until they were destroyed by Allied bombing. And the steel bridge was repaired uh, and is still in use today. So there was never any espionage uh, thing or anything. Uh, The plot and characters in the novel and the screenplay in this movie are all fictional. Um, The conditions, uh, first of all, the conditions for the POWs, like Sean mentioned, POWs and civilian labors uh, were subject to uh, much worse uh, conditions than what was depicted in the film. The construction of the railway uh, took the lives of approximately... 13,000 POWs, and between 80,000 and 100,000 civilians. Uh, Ernest Gordon, a survivor of the railway construction, and uh, he also was in the POW camps, uh, he wrote about his experience. And according to his account, he was always forced to work at Bayonet Point or under Bamboo Lash. uh, And they always took any sort of, like any excuse they had to do some sabotage, they would do it um so the character of uh, nicholson is loosely based on lieutenant colonel philip tusi who was the british commanding officer who did uh, build the bridge Um, but according to him he was never a collaborator he never obliged to work with the japanese he in fact uh, did as much uh, possible as possible to delay the uh, building of the bridge including uh, watering down the concrete cement mixtures so that they would uh, crumble very quickly and uh they would uh he would encourage his men to go and hunt for termites to uh put in the wood so that they would eat the eat the wood uh but the guy who wrote the book never really claimed that this was uh, a historical fact it was just kind of based on ideas and he himself was a uh um a soldier as well and he was kind of taking from personal experiences in that in the in the movie so it's sort of historical accurate but not really um so I, I gave it. Adjacent. Yeah, I, I gave it a C minus <laughs> because he used yeah, a,
1: just what I say, complete fiction. He
3: <laughs> gave it because uh, he used uh, different names and whatnot.
1: Yeah. yeah. This, right. this is this like you said this is a different bridge down the river <laughs> <laughs> well else. you can go visit the
3: the bridge the the steel and concrete bridge that they built it's still there it still works it still runs along the railway you can actually see where the um allies had had bombed it and where the Japanese had rebuilt it because they rebuilt it with some uh it's different just different steel so you can uh, you can see it. So it's cool. Based just, on let's... what
1: you said, this movie is just as historically accurate as The Life of Brian. It's just another manger. Pretty much, yeah, down yeah. Down the river. <laughs> Pretty much. That is correct. Can I go into some nitpicks here? Uh,
3: yeah. We have to. The whole
1: sequence. Yeah, well, I, I do, and I feel bad to pick on a movie for its uh, technical limitations, you know, made in 57. Mm. But I did find it very um, confusing. During the entire um, uh, placing the bombs under the bridge, because the entire oh. sequence was shot in day Daylight, for night, yeah, and it like I really honestly just kept thinking, what is it morning now? Is it night now? <laughs> and, because sometimes the sun was so strong on them in the water that it, it really just felt like the the filter, whatever they do for that day for night, just wasn't working, and it felt like it was swapping back and forth between uh, two different time frames. so that that was a bit jarring,
3: yeah, it, I don't a lot think of they that could
1: earlier in the film as well.
3: I, I don't think they could actually film on at night with the those cameras that they use right. Big, I, uh, I get it. I'm, yeah.
1: I'm not trying to beat it up, but it it was a little distracting. and I don't think there's any kind of uh, color correction or anything they can do to make that look any better. Yeah, all
3: they do is just turn down the filter, and that's it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, because this movie was one of the most expensive movies made at the time. You know, they built that bridge, they knocked a train off of it, they,
1: you know, they blew it up, everything, like, that, that all costs money, so. Mm. Yeah, one thing, uh, jumping ahead a little bit here, but one thing I admire about all three of these movies is just the, the scope, you know, of having that many people you know, Yeah, I, I guess Braveheart maybe had some of the largest it, uh, groupings. It might have but, benefited
3: from some digital enhancements because they were doing that at that time. I mm-hmm. don't know if, for a fact, if they did, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people the, on the screen. I
1: just admire when they have yeah a lot going on, especially uh, with depth. You know, you got something going on here, you got people, you got set like way over there on the mountaintop or across the river, and they're doing something, and it's all. For the for the benefit of this one shot, mm. just so I can see all this, so um, big big responsibility there. Trying to get all that stuff organized.
3: All right, Are we ready to move on to glory? Sure.
1: Oh, one other thing. Sorry, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew one it. other thing, one other nitpick though. Um, watching the movie, Alec Guinness <clears throat> was billed third. His his name goes right before the title. Uh, and then I'm watching. him, like, this is obviously his movie. I don't. I don't get why these other guys have their their names above his. Were they bigger actors at the time? Big
3: time. Yeah, especially William Holden. It. Yeah,
1: William Holden. I know his name, and I'm I'm sure I've seen him in something else. Oh, he's been in tons. But uh, I I couldn't believe because Alec Guinness is like
3: easily two thirds of the movie. I think this was like his first really big role in America. He had you know he was in a lot of movies in in Britain, but this wasn't his he first. Was, a, was he a stage actor? I imagine so. I really don't I know. He,
2: I thought he was in Shakespeare. Before, like, I thought I remember reading a fun fact somewhere, or like a quote from Star Wars, that he went from Shakespeare to Laser Swords and Space Wizards. No, he,
3: he's been in, yeah. a, like, he was in a ton of movies, ton of British <laughs> movies, a lot of comedies. He did tons of comedies. Um, he was in that original, um, it was a movie that Tom Hanks remade a few years ago. I can't remember the names of them. I have to go look Forrest at my DVDs. Gump. No, no. It wasn't Forrest Cup. No, it, would, it wouldn't be a movie that you'd think of. It was like uh, something about a dinner party or something.
1: Oh, you've got mail. Jeez. Okay,
3: forget it. Let's move on to Glory.
0: I understand you were at Antietam. Yes. A great and a terrible day. I could use your help, Robert. The governor is proposing to raise a regiment of Negro soldiers. I've submitted your name to be commissioned Colonel of the 54th Massachusetts Infantry. I mean, I know how much you'd like to make Colonel but a colored regiment. (laughs) I'm gonna do it. Dear Mother, the men learn very quickly. Faster than white troops, it seems to me. They
2: have risked their lives to be here. They have given up their freedom. I owe
1: them as much as they have given. I owe them my freedom, my life, if necessary.
0: One, nine, one, one. I can knock something down with this. A million loyal readers want to know what happens when the men of the 54th see action. Ain't no dream. We run away slave, but we come back fighting. million and one. Marching is probably all we'll ever get to do for
2: us. And they gotta know that nobody's gonna let them fight. <laughs> Am
0: I right? <laughs> let you take your regiment out to fight. Yes! When? Just as soon as I can write the orders. Here they come! If you men will take no pay, then none of us will. I know for the Doug de a Long time I'm digging I'm asking myself when when old oh Lord's gonna be our time. See, the way I figured. I figured this war would be over a whole lot sooner. If you boys just turn around like mm-hmm. and you let us head on up there where the real fight is. Come on, Come on! If tomorrow is our great getting up morning, yes, sir. amen. Uh, if tomorrow we have to meet the judgment day, yes. uh, we want them to know that we went down standing up. Yes, Yes, Lord. I- no heaven father that we died
1: for freedom. Following the Battle of Antietam, Colonel Robert Gould Shaw is offered command of the United States First All African American Regiment, the 54th Massachusetts Volunteer Infantry. With junior officer Cabot Forbes, Shaw puts together a strong and proud unit including uh, the escaped slave Trip and the wise grave digger John Rollins. At first limited to menial manual tasks, the regiment fights to be placed in the heat of battle. Film stars Matthew Broderick, Carrie Elways, Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, Director Edward Zwick, runtime two hours, two minutes.
3: Okay, so um I just gotta go with the most interesting opinion off the top, and that is Sean, how did you Think that this was a John Hughes film? <laughs> uh, I, so, like, not, not only had I never seen Glory,
2: um, I hadn't even heard of it till I was already an adult. Like I'm not sure. What does it say here 1989? Mm. So yeah, in 89 I would have been eight. But uh, um, I don't. I never even saw. I never even heard of this movie until I was already like out of high school, a grown man. And the the clips I saw were Matthew Broderick, Carrie Always Washington. out washington like oh this must be like a this must be one of those 80s john hughes you know rom-coms based in the civil war you know it's a bunch of a bunch of high school kids get you know sent to detention and they have to fight the redcoats <laughs> boy was i wrong <laughs> yeah so like i'd never seen anything about it like born on the fourth of july that's i think that's the one with tom cruise in a wheelchair mm-hmm. i've never seen that um I don't know anything about it. I also assumed that was like a lighthearted Top Gun Days of Thunder style movie. Mm. You're going to tell me it's
4: not.
3: <laughs> you know, I don't think I've seen uh, Born on the Fourth of July. That's one of the movies that has eluded me, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's just what, uh, I mean, just Matthew Broderick and Carrie always. You know, you see the two of them on screen, it's like, it's Ferris Bueller and Princess Bride.
3: Sure, yeah. Uh, well, for me, Glory, yeah, I hadn't, I did not see it until the late, nineties uh there was one of my college uh, uh classmates was just going on and on about this movie, how great it was, and everything and i 'm like i don't know I, I I remember it when it was coming out and all that, and it was about the Civil War, which just wasn 't one of my things that i'd be interested in i just wasn 't really interested in finding out more about the Civil War, but he kept going on how great this movie was and then when I finally watched it, uh I enjoyed it immensely, and uh, it quickly became one of my um my Favorite films that I had watched a lot, but then, uh, you know, it's as time goes on, I you know, I saw it so many times on VHS, I never picked up the DVD kind of thing, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, but I'm happy to report that uh, when I watched it this time around, I enjoyed it uh, just as much as I did uh, back then. It's definitely a movie that holds up really well. It's only two hours and two minutes compared to you know the other three. I thought it was a lot longer, I remember it being very long. But uh, it's not. It's a decent uh, length, and uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one a lot.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's very compact in a good way. Like they 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 tell their story. <clears throat> um, I I really enjoy this movie. I I first saw it in high school. I i'm assuming we watched it in some sort of a history class <laughs> i really can't tell uh but i did have a, a couple of there were a couple of history teachers there that loved the civil war so i, I believe they showed us the entire film in, in class and uh i until recently i didn't even own a personal copy so i i don't remember how i've seen it so many times uh as a kid but i, I know i did see a lot and yeah uh, it doesn't matter how many times i watch it uh, the, the entertainment is always there. I, I kind of keep this as my number two right behind Robocop. Oh. Um, and I, I can see the link between them as in that if, if you break it down to really, really simple terms, uh, it's about people searching for their identity, it, what it is to be a man. Uh, mm. So there, there's that one, you know, you find that one little similarity between those two films um, and the blood uh but it's it's a really fun movie um and it it always gets me uh there's a lot i like about it there are some some nitpicks that um you could pick out in general but uh overall i think like you said it holds up really really well it still looks good um the characters are very relatable uh the conditions i imagine are somewhat closer to what uh sean was was getting at in uh you know the bridge on the river kwai of how uh your your officers are treated especially in training there's one character Mm -hmm. in there who's who's a scene stealer the um uh sergeant mulcahy (laughs) who
3: comes in (laughs) to to help
1: train them uh and you know there's a couple of scenes of like hey are you being a little too rough and like no no i'm not Mm -hmm. and this is why um so, so just a lot of fun stuff. Watching them go through their training is really, really uh, enjoyable. Yeah,
3: there was that one scene because one of them, uh, one of the soldiers, was a friend of theirs that they grew up with, and uh, he says, "Yeah, aren't you being a little too hard on him?" And he's like, "All, all he said was, let's let him grow up a little bit more, yeah. you know." And that was yeah. it. And he's like, "Okay, if that's the way it is, that's the way it is." And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a, it's it's for uh, a period of time that was really complex. And there was a lot of complex things going on. This film really found a a a, a way of breaking down some complex situations and just telling like a uh, making the story simple. You know, like it, it might have been a little overly simplistic at times, but really, um, it didn't need to go into more of the more complex things because it just had this one story that it really wanted to tell. Um, and yeah, I, I yeah I liked it. Good times.
1: Yeah. Simple is a good way to put it. Um, I, I watched some of the background stuff with the director, and he said he, he was a fan of using a very um, large canvas to tell a simple story, and you know, is having this yeah, elaborate it's, backdrop, but it, it's really brilliant. just about uh, a couple of characters trying to find their place and discover what they're fighting for and you know some of the challenges that they, they run across during that. Um, you also get a couple of characters like... Um, like, Forbes isn't a terribly deep character. He's not really developed. He he basically um, is just there to give a little exposition, give uh, Shaw somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, but despite things like that, uh, and also one of the other um, nitpicks I hear a lot is it's a story about the, the black soldiers of the time, but the main character of the film is a white officer. So it's like, why, why do you have to... Uh, you know, flip it around yeah. like that. But um, for the most part, the characters that they do focus on are are nicely rounded. You get just enough uh, history on them uh, to be able to relate to them. And then, you know, you see what they go through during this experience. And that's all you need. It is, it is actually quite simple. This,
2: uh, I was, after watching this movie, I, I can't remember. I see lots of movies I enjoy. Um, I can't remember the last time I watched a movie where, at the end of the movie, I was I was happy that I had seen the movie, not like not like like I go to see I go see a Marvel movie and I enjoy them and I'm happy when I leave, you know what I mean. But like I felt like at the end of this movie that my life not my life had been enriched, but like I just just the act of viewing this movie, seeing seeing this after thinking it was a John Hughes movie, um, <laughs> <laughs> like it was I. This was the first movie I watched of the three. And I went like this, and this is why I did it for Bridge on the River Choir as well. And I'll explain why I didn't do it for Braveheart. But I went and looked stuff up, stuff up afterwards to see how how close to truth it was. And after doing that, I liked it even more.
3: One you're of my giving, favorite You're giving actors, it away again. I know, man. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: I'm bad at this podcasting thing. That's why I quit. <laughs> um, one of my favorite actors is Andre Brower. And uh, he, he was in Homicide Life on the Street, and he was in the movie Duets. With Huey Lewis and Gwyneth Paltrow. And he's uh, he's their friend. I think it's Thomas is his name. Um, Thomas, yeah. He's their friend in this movie. Mm-hmm. And when as soon as I saw him on screen, I was like, Oh, right on. Like I love this guy. He is a phenomenal actor. In in uh, Homicide Life in the Streets, he plays a, a stroke victim. And I don't maybe he actually had a stroke, I don't know. But uh, he plays a stroke victim and he does it so amazingly well. But in this movie he, he was incredible. And Denzel Denzel's character is it that's uh Trip. Oh, Trip, yeah he is the spirit. You know what I mean? He's when, when they strip his shirt off and he just, he just stares them down. You know what I mean? It's like, I will not be broken. Um, this movie was great. I, I, I it has, it's, uh, easily in like, I don't actually have a top 10 list, but I would easily say this is as now among my top 10, just the way, the way they were treated. Um, and I can like, uh, the, um, uh, uh, the logistics guy, the guy who, uh, the, the quartermaster with the boots and stuff like that. that yeah. And then not only that, this and this is maybe part of why, but I could see that still happening today. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know necessarily that, that the treatment has equaled out to the point that it should have now, and I also didn't realize that the Civil War was only like 160 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, uh, like, when this movie was made, no, you wouldn't have had anybody alive then, but uh, <laughs> but like grand grandkids, like you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, of people who fought this. Like that's that's really close. I thought I didn't realize. Apparently, I'm not good at uh, American history um, or movies. <laughs> like I thought <laughs> it felt it felt like something that was much longer ago. You know when this happened, uh, and it's really not that far. But this was this was a fantastic watch and uh, just great. Great movie and I, I won't spoil any more of the facts because that, that really enriched what I took away from this. It was a this wasn't just a movie for me, this became an experience and
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, um since my whole bit here has been spoiled, let's just get right into the uh how accurate this movie is. This movie is regarded as one of the most uh accurate uh Hollywood films, uh historical Hollywood films. It um it, you know, it does take some, uh, you know, liberties because, you know, it is a movie. It's, you know, you're trying to tell a story within two hours. So there's only so much that you can do. Um, so for there's a few things like, for instance, the 54th Massachusetts was the first widely publicized African-American unit, but they were not the first. There was many that were done in secret that they, um, that they tested out to see how well that they would do and how people would react as well. Um, so th- this... You know, this was the one that they put in all the papers of the time and everything, and uh, they're going to go out and fight kind of thing. So they kind of took um, a little bit of the story of the experimental units and that and put it at the beginning of the 54th story. So they kind of mixed uh, a few things together. Um, uh, most of the characters in the film are fictional. Uh, Shaw, the uh, Carrie Elway's character, Shaw's childhood friend, is fictional, um, Denzel Washington character and um, Morgan Freeman's character. Um, but, you know, they're there to, you know, kind of portray the idea of what it was like, you know, like who the people were of the time. So right. it wasn't you anyone need a few specific. representatives. You right. Um, it also, the, the movie also implies that the 54th Massachusetts Regiment was in, uh, made up of uh, mostly former slaves, but in reality, they were all um more privileged African African Americans of the time they were still like there was still heavy prejudice against them and they felt prejudice from not only the south but the north as well who you know a lot of pe- a lot of soldiers believed that they couldn't fight as well and all that stuff so that was pr- but that was portrayed in the film um so they did do a good job of that but you know they so it's just one of those little nitpicky things but uh, the stuff that the film does do uh correctly uh Robert Gordshaw was a real guy. He was portrayed very accurately in the film. He did um, command the unit. Uh, he was against uh, um, uh, slavery, uh, and all of his hard work and everything was to fight against slavery. Those were all apparent in his uh, in his notes. He believed that uh, the black race was just as good as the white. Um, let's see here. What was the
2: the pay was real, too. Yes, the, um, that's right. But that was he, the other thing. he led it. It wasn't right. the troops. It was him who said, no, we're not going to take pay.
3: Right, and that was a stand um, you know, to embarrass the government into paying yeah. them uh, uh, equal pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the portrayal of the assault on Fort Wagner was uh, accurate. It's considered to be the one of the most realistic depictions of the American Civil War combat. Uh, it, was a, it was a suicide run, uh, the charging into the hail of shells and musketry, and the equipment used were all done in realistic detail. The the 54th uh, were forced to advance down a narrow strip of beach between ocean and swamps, even though in the movie, I think they shot this on the West Coast instead of the yeah. East Coast where it's supposed to be in, in uh, Northern Carolina. So people who live on the ocean are really like, oh, no, that's wrong. Everything's on the wrong side. But... I, I'm I'm nowhere near the ocean, so I I don't know. Look good to me, um, uh, but yeah, they did they did run down that uh, swamp, and there were heavy casualties, including um, uh, Shaw, who was uh, put in a grave with uh, with his men, and uh, they left the Confederate soldiers left it unmarked, uh, and they felt like this was an insult. You know, they did it to insult him, but uh, the Shaw's family actually are uh, they believe that it's the most fitting place for him to be. So mm. I give it a solid A for its uh, portrayal of uh, this uh, right. stuff because they use mm. different names in that too. So you can,
2: I, I like, you could see the ties between Shaw and Nichols from Kwai in that they both took pride in their men, you know, like Nichols wanted his men to have be pride. They wanted them to be sh- soldiers, show them we the are British, show them what we can do. And Shaw was the same way. Shaw was like... We're going to drill. We're going to learn to fight. We're going to learn to shoot. We're going to learn to to be soldiers, and we're going to show them that we are just as good as every other soldiers. Because that that scene where he's with the other guy and he's got his his uh, uh, squad looting and, and pillaging and stuff? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, you know, tell your men to do that. He's like, I'm not gonna. No, my fucking. I'm not. Sorry, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna, <laughs> swear on here. It's all right. There's Lots I'm not of swearing tell my in this They're soldiers. You know what I mean? They're they're yeah. they're not here for that. That is they 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 both had that sense of I want my men to to take I want to take care of them. I want them to show I want to show that they are the best that they can be, you know, and that, and that was that is something that those two movies came together. I'm glad this was the first and the last one I watched because they sort of sandwiched the whole experience for me. Hmm.
1: Yeah. this is one of those movies where i I can't find a bad scene. Uh, anything that I watch in here, I can watch over and over again. In fact, this is probably. The movie that i watch clips of the most often where i'll just i'll be in that mood all right let me go watch the assault on fort wagner again let me watch some of the training clips again and i never get tired of it yeah. um, one thing i will say about matthew broderick though i don't think he's a great actor in this movie but he is perfectly cast in that he seems like he's in over his head the yeah. entire movie uh just you know as a, a young actor who is suddenly, you know, ca- kind of put in a position that he really he really shouldn't be cast as a colonel in, in a war movie, but in this case, it, it works to their advantage.
3: Yeah, well, they were that young, you know. That's what they did. They, they, they were,
1: s- but I, I think, yeah, he doesn't come across as like, oh, you're the you're not Alec Guinness. You know? <laughs> I, I'm yeah. not going to have respect for you the way I have respect for him, but. Through the actions and how you see how the the, the events unfold, you can see, all right, yeah, th- this is probably what it was like for uh, a young officer to suddenly be put in command. There's that scene where they promote Rollins on the boat, and he, he goes aside to him is like, I'm not sure I want this. Right. And I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Good movie. Good pick, oh, Richard.
1: It's great. It's great. I love it.
3: All right. Let's let's uh, let's wrap this up with uh, Braveheart.
0: I came back home to raise crops and, God willing, a family. So you want me to marry you then? Well, that's a bit sudden, but all right. <laughs> Is that what you call a proposal? I love you. Always have. I want to marry you. In a land of timeless beauty. William Wallace was a man of peace. I want to stay here with you. And I with you. You say you want to stay out of the troubles? If I can live in peace, I will. But when they threatened his world... Edward Longshanks is the most ruthless king ever to sit on the throne of England. Scotland, my land. And the woman he loved... I want a home and children. It's all for nothing if you don't have freedom. He was driven to war. Go back to England and tell them there the Scotland's daughters and her sons are yours no more. The rebellion has begun. Under who? William Wallace. He rallies new volunteers in every Scottish town. We've come to fight and to die for you. Stand up, man. I'm not an old. <laughs> pick a flock of your finest assassins and set a meeting. My lord, Wallace is renowned for his ability to smell an <coughs>
4: ambush.
0: we will dispatch our future queen with the notion that she comes in peace. Longshanks desires peace.
2: He declares it to me, I swear it.
0: You tell your king William Wallace will not be ruled, nor will any scot will I live.
3: He waits for you at York, if you are a man enough to come and face him. Why
0: do you help me? Because. You're looking at me now. Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. Well, we didn't get dressed up for nothing. We can't beat an army. We can't! <laughs> no, we will! Ah! Would you be willing, for one chance, just one chance, to tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! we will have what none of us have ever had before. A country of our own. Mel Gibson. Braveheart.
3: All right, Sean, how about you read us the rundown for Braveheart?
2: Sure. William Wallace is the medieval Scottish patriot who is spurred into revolt against the English when the love of his life is slaughtered. Leading his army into battles that become a war, his advance into England threatens King Edward I's throne He is captured and executed, but not before becoming a symbol for a free Scotland. This film stars Mel Gibson, Sophie Marceau, Catherine McCormick, Patrick McGuhan. It's directed by Mel Gibson, and its runtime is seven hours and eight minutes. (laughs) It's (laughs)
4: it's
3: three hours and two minutes, but yeah, it does feel like uh,
1: uh, that. I'd say Bridge on the River Kwai felt longer to me. Oh, Oh. my goodness. I,
2: I couldn't disagree more.
1: Oh, uh, really? I, I, so I,
2: I, when Braveheart first came out, i huge Mel Gibson fan, loved him from Road Warrior. Braveheart came out, I was all about it. I love swords, I love big medieval battles. I love Mel Gibson, it was great. And, and as a kid, I watched it on the two VHS. I, I probably wore it out more times oh, than I can imagine watching this movie. Loved Braveheart. And I watched this two or three nights ago. Uh, it takes 47 minutes for them to kill his wife. In 47 minutes, Thanos has four of six Infinity Stones. (laughs) Like, it's crazy, you know? In 47 minutes, Jackie Roberts has been inducted to the Hall of Fame. Like, this is... (laughs) This movie is way too long, and it... There are brief moments of excellent acting and excellent excellent, uh, battle scenes surrounded by, I, I don't need 47 minutes of, I'm a boy, and my dad gets killed, now I'm a slightly older boy, now I'm a grown man, now we're courting, now we're in, like, that is, that could have been 10 minutes, like, I get it, he loves his wife, you don't need to, I don't need an hour of the movie, mm-hmm. a third of the movie for me to know this guy loves his wife, you know what I mean? If I, I I've, I've never met your wife, Richard, I know you love her. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, it's just, I felt, I I felt brave braveheartened. Braveheart was a struggle for me to get through this time around. Um, yeah, I really felt that. Quai felt like a, a breeze in the park in comparison. And I thought it was going to be the opposite. I was like, oh, yeah, Braveheart, right on, I'll, get, I'll get through this. And I don't know if it's because I just I knew what was going to happen as it was happening, but it, it felt really drug out to me.
3: Well, Richard, what did you think of Braveheart? <laughs> was this your so, first uh... time seeing it? <laughs>
1: It is. Aww. and uh, Well, I will agree. I mean, any movie that's uh, like over two hours is, I, I feel like, uh, come on, you can get this down. Um, I think I, I was, I probably had a little more time when I watched that one, but it still took me like three sessions to get through it. I could only watch an hour at a time. Um, maybe because it was uh, fresh, I was enjoying it, but um, I, overall I liked it. I, I'm glad I watched it. I had a good time with it. Uh, I, there were a lot of fun moments, a lot of fun characters. Um, the the one thing that really gets it for me is uh, I, I don't know how you guys still you know praise three hundred. I I've always found that movie to be just uh, yeah, mediocre at best. But <clears throat> watching Braveheart, it's the exact same story. The <laughs> catalyst is a little different, but. Uh, I, I I never have to try to watch three hundred again. I don't have to convince myself that I have to watch that because I can just watch Braveheart now. But yeah, I'd I'd probably complain about the the runtime if anything else. But uh, it was a fun movie. It was fun. A lot of good action. A lot of a lot of fun moments. And you know, they they get revenge for Leonidas at the end. You
3: know, <laughs> what do you want? Uh, well, like uh, like Sean, I uh, I did watch this back in the day i borrowed my friend's double vhs i think i borrowed from it from him twice because i watched it once on my own and then i borrowed it from him again because sarah hadn't seen it and i'm like oh brave you gotta watch braveheart we gotta see braveheart uh and it has been you know probably 15 years since i've seen it i didn't have it on dvd or anything like that so but i did find it on blu-ray and I think I picked it up for eight bucks or something like that, so I was stoked to watch it uh, uh, again. And let me tell you, I watched it this time, and I, I hated it. <laughs> I could not understand <laughs> how this thing won so many stupid awards. The characters are very black and white. We were talking about, uh, you know, the character in uh, the Untouchables, um, uh, Kevin Costner's wife in the Untouchables, how she's just so kind of over the top and like she's just too perfect. And that's everybody every character in this yeah. film. William Wallace has no flaws in this movie. His wife has no flaws. Uh the the Queen Isabella from France, she's got no Every good good person has zero flaws. All the bad guys are just bad because they're bad. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't I I didn't like it. I, I'm just gonna that's, get in
2: that's an excellent point. No redeeming qualities for any other bad guys. And that doesn't make a good bad guy. You need, no, the like, bad guy has to be relatable. Like there are no super villains, you know. Like
3: like wow. there there was Sir. Uh, uh, what is it? Robert? Was it Robert the Bruce? The, the yeah, uh, Robert the Bruce. Yeah. Right, right. So he was kind of a little bit back and forth. He was the conflicted guy and all that. But it was almost like as if the story was forced to do that because it had to have like a little sliver of historical accuracy because he is recognized at least over the, uh, of the pond as like a, a you know a, a person who was a uh, part of the scottish royalty and he did rule for a long time so he kind of st- stands out as a historical figure so yeah let me i'm just going to get into the the facts right now because then we can bitch about this movie afterwards um <laughs> this this movie gets a big fat f for me, for, for historical accuracy, because there's absolutely not much historical accuracy at all. Uh, it's largely based on a poem that was titled The Wallace, and it was written by a man named Blind Harry. And the poem was published in 1470, 165 years after Wallace's execution. So if you think about it, this would be like a guy writing a poem about the Civil War right now. Right. Um so and it wasn't designed to be an historical document. It was designed to be a, a propaganda piece for Scottish nobles, who uh, at the time did not want them, who did not want peace with uh, the king of England. Uh, so they wanted to convince the king of Scotland to remain at odds for whatever reason. whatever like the bullshit that they're fighting in this movie about land and all that—that that was still going on 165 years later. Um, so in reality, William Wallace. Uh, was the son of a minor nobleman. So he most likely never spent a day farming or doing any manual labor. Chances are he would have been, uh, because he went into the military, he would have spent, like you had two choices. You could either go into the military and receive military training or go into the church. Now, since he was a warrior, it's very unlikely that he went into the church and then switched occupation. So he most likely had military training and became a (laughs) man-at-arms. The Prima Nocte, that was, that was the thing where I paused the movie because that just seemed like such a ridiculous thing. I had to pause the movie to see if this was something that actually happened. So this was the law that gave English nobles the right to have sex with any uh, woman who was on her, on her married night, any, any uh, lower class woman on her wedding night. The noble could go in and claim Prima Nocte and could have sex. Uh, with the woman because the idea is that they would breed out uh, the Scottish and it would all, Englishmen would be left which doesn't make any sense because they'd be all raised the Scottish, it, the whole thing was just stupid so that's why I paused the movie and looked it up and of course it's a myth, it was never enforced by the English it is uh, uh, on the same scale of medieval myth as the chastity belt and everyone believing the world was flat it just, I mean <laughs> People back then didn't believe the world was flat. They believe it today, <laughs> you know. Because um, we're advanced. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, William Wallace's wife, Muron Brayfoot, never existed. This woman never existed. William Wallace never married. He. Uh, this was uh, an addition by Blind Harry because there was a noble family who wished to claim to be her descendants. So there was a noble Scottish family with the last name Brayfoot. Wanted just to, they, they needed somebody in the story that they wanted to be a descendant of. Um, and then the movie gets really ridiculous. Uh, Scotsmen of the 13th century did not wear blue face, blue face paint. Uh, that was done by the Picts, <laughs> who uh, were their uh, ancestors from a thousand years prior to that, who fought the Romans. And since they were a pagan tribe, it's very unlikely that they would have adopted the same practice because the Scots were Catholic. Uh, Scotsmen did not start wearing kilts until until the 17th century. So they, in the 13th century, they actually would have been wearing sort of what the Englishmen were wearing in the film. Queen Isabella could not have had an affair with William Wallace because at the time of his execution, she was nine years old and living in France.
2: Should not have had.
3: Could not. <laughs> Should not. <laughs> Uh, William Wallace's execution was actually toned down for this movie, which is surprising for Mel Gibson. First, so in reality, William Wallace was first dragged naked through the streets, then hung almost to the point of death. Next, his genitalia was sliced off and his belly was cut into as they pulled out his entrails before beheading him. They then cut off his limbs and sent them to every corner of England to put on as a display, as a show of English might... This is like England, man, where everybody's like so proper, and they were just so barbaric back then. And finally, his head was placed on a pike atop the London Bridge. So don't Most mess with England. The
2: movie. Yeah, they did mention that
1: at the end. They did they? The limbs and yeah. the head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the limb. Yeah.
3: Oh well, that was just a fun fact then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fun fact. Yeah uh yeah so i don't know I, I i don't know why i at any point i like this movie i don't know it just uh, it just not did not do anything you, for me
2: even because you, you like mel gibson it. and you like medieval I, you know i was wondering
3: <laughs> that too because i thought you know i have a completely different outlook on, on mel gibson now he's but yeah. i could still watch the road warrior i can still watch the lethal weapon movies they don't bother me so i don't know i just i i don't know i just have a completely different perspective on this movie even the battle scenes i thought were kind of lame Like they would, it would just, there would be this big buildup where they would be coming together besides where they lifted up the pikes to kill the horses. I thought that was Mm -hmm. cool. But when they actually fought, when the infantry actually fought, it looked like just guys just running into each other. And like, there was like, they were kind of like waving swords above their heads. It just looked really phony. It looked fake to me. And I know it is. It's a a film, but you got to make it look reasonable, don't you? You got
1: to be able to show something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... I oh yeah
2: at the end of it I was just like this was oh, I'm never gonna watch it again. <laughs> no, but, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's probably pretty accurate. something that happened. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I enjoyed watching it. It's probably just like the, the first time you guys went through it. I enjoyed it enough, but I, I can't really say that I would sit down to you know go through this three hours again. Um, yeah, I could probably watch a few clips or so, but overall, yeah, I I had a decent time watching it.
2: I can't believe it's that inaccurate. Historic. I didn't. I didn't look this one up. This one did not inspire me to go. Man, I really wonder how close that was. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I. 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 I don't know. I found how. I found interest. It interesting how inaccurate it was, and it was intentionally inaccurate in a way. But, you know, like, for me, like, okay, Bridge on the River Kwai is not accurate, but there. To me, that movie is about the characters. It's about this, mm-hmm. that Nicholson character. It's about William Holden's character. You know, and I, I can forgive it for being historically inaccurate because it uses names of people who didn't really exist. Uh, but in this movie, they present it as something like this is all something that happened, you know? Uh, it's, I just got that vibe, you know, like with the, the face paint and the kilts and lifting up the kilts and all that stuff. It just... Yeah. It it really tried to pass it off as something that was accurate, and it's not, and that really stuck in my craw too. Or I just a movie
2: on Netflix now called the Outlaw King, and I think that's about Robert the Bruce. Okay, I think it's got Chris Pine. So
3: yeah, there are a lot of you know documentaries and all that on you know on uh, what actually happened and all that that you know you would get a lot more accurate information on. Um, Another thing that bothered me about the movie are the, is 90s haircuts. A lot of dudes had 90s <laughs> haircuts. They looked like they were on stage with Pearl Jam at the time or something. They had that, you know, <laughs> shoulder length hair. Yeah. And uh, did, any, did anyone here watch... I know Richard didn't. Did you watch Sons of Anarchy at all, Sean?
2: Oh, yeah. I watched did, the whole thing.
3: Did you notice that the one guy from it with the, the scar on his face? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: It's uh, Cicero from Gladiator. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, he is, I I what's his name in Sons? He's uh, uh he's the Irish guy <laughs> in Sons.
3: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I saw uh, him. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, that was another thing too. That whole thing where the with the Irish that comes to fight with the Scots that that's all completely made up too. Never happened.
2: That ca- I did like that character, the Irish character. He was he was, was uh, good. He was, he, yeah, he, he was he, fun then. He was fun now.
3: Even though he had the the nineties haircut uh, too. Uh, yeah, he, he was all he's all right. But he's a fun like movie character. He's just like I said. Like if this yeah. movie like really like just kind of put it out there that this is kind of like based on the on the myth because they do have like some fun with it sometimes like at the beginning of the movie there's that the voiceover says oh everybody's gonna say that this is a lie but this is something that actually happened you know yeah. which okay fine and then even William Wallace has that speech where you know they say hey you're seven f- eyeballs yeah right right you're seven yeah. feet tall and all that so they do have some fun with it but I don't know. They should have made it a little more, to me, a little more obvious that this is just a movie. It's just fun. Like if they used more like characters, who, like didn't use real names, you know, if they used more fictional characters, uh, you know, cause it, this is really like a Robin hood movie. If you, in, in a yeah. way, you know, Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I started to get the horrible feeling that this was the, this movie was the way it was because of Mel Gibson's influence directing. Cause I, I like, after this I was like, man, are all his movies like that? And then I was like, Apocalypto, yeah, that's like hundred hours long and doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> uh, Passion of the Christ, like, well, if takes, you go, it takes him forty seven minutes to drag the cross through the streets. Like,
3: <laughs> there was one guy. I don't know if it's still up on YouTube, but there was one guy who took the uh, the script or what what everything was said in the in the uh, trailer for Braveheart, and he ran the trailer for the Patriot. And he just he kind of like he said what's said in the in the Braveheart trailer, and it was like just bang. It was like almost like word for word exactly what the what the like everything fit the Patriot trailer. Like it's they're they're the exact same movie. Even oh, that, that's
1: true of a lot of different things. I mean, look at uh, Kevin Costner's movies like Waterworld and The Postman, and no, like no, that's no, all no, the no, same no, stuff. No, Kevin Costner, that man's a national treasure. I'm just saying they're all the same. <laughs> uh, right. uh, there <laughs> was something like that with the uh, contemporary trailers of how they're of how they're uh, shot with you know the fade to black and the yeah, you yeah. Know, silence that leads up to like yeah a big bad. But and I mean, the, this the is like shining into the sky. But
3: I, I'm talking like like real details, like not just like vague things but like well, you know just that, how the that, the british are portrayed
1: right there, they, they have a certain formula they follow right but, this is what i think but like we should be
3: the how the british are portrayed in both films how his character is like wronged at the beginning and comes back to like it's just i don't it was yeah. in much more detail it wasn't like okay yeah it's coincidence or something this was like like the postman was almost like a conscious effort just to remake Braveheart because he won five Oscars before and he wants to win five Oscars again. You know, yeah. be. Uh, the
2: the Patriot was like the, they made the British seem like Nazis in that movie.
1: And I've I never seen them all it. in
2: the church and burn the church. Like uh, it's oh, it's yeah, it's really really. I, I mean, I, you know, I liked that one too when I watched it the first time. Yeah. So maybe I just leave it where I where it is. I liked it but yeah, it. Uh, I, I was I started to wonder like, is this just are all Mel Gibson's movies? just this and I didn't realize it then yeah so I'm just not gonna watch them
1: <laughs> Jeez, why did we end with this movie then well I just did everything
3: in uh, chronological order I went with the earliest film to the, uh, the most recent film and but you
1: went reverse chronological in terms of when the movie is that is set. true yeah I
3: didn't think of that I did do that yeah I just went with that and I thought seriously I thought I'd be the only one that didn't like it so I was planning on going last and then, I thought it was
1: fine. Yeah. Maybe I, if I watch it again, I'll, I'll agree with you guys more. But yeah, watch it, it, it. was a fun first watch. I like when when the guy got his leg cut in half. That was cool. There the were on the, so, there uh, were a the couple horses, of things that like that. Cool. Yeah, there were a couple of yeah. things like that. I, I, I was focused on all that stuff. And, the um,
2: scene where he goes and he uh, busts into the Scottish lord's bedroom there with the horse and the. The, the ball on the end of the chain to get revenge. That's, I mean, no, that yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: no, that never happened. It, <laughs> that that bothered me too because I was just sitting there looking at it. And I'm thinking, what what is he doing? Like, doesn't he have like bigger fish to fry than going after these, like, busting into their bedrooms at night? I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed very was, silly. That, to that me. was
1: perfect. because Wasn't he dreaming of him coming to? Yeah, get yeah, him, yeah, yeah. Like and then he wakes up. And, but it was yeah. cool
3: when his when his head got crushed in. That crushed, was a nice. Yeah. Uh,
1: I remember as a kid watching that like.
2: Trying to do frame by frame on my VHS, like, pause, because I didn't have frame by frame. So it'd be like, play, pause, play, pause, yeah. play, pause to try and see, like, is it a real head? Where does it, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Where, where's the edit kind of thing? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I really like the um, the old guy and his troop. Uh, it was like his friend's father.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Who would get stuck with the arrows and stuff. He, he would just never die. He was just taking hit after hit. After he was hit. a tough, tough old bird. Yeah, he was a fun character. I don't know.
3: It was okay. Funny. <laughs> okay, watch it again. Then you'll hey, hate it. I hate watch right. it the next time. Oh,
1: one one thing I forgot to mention. If we go back to glory for a second, did anybody catch the the Star Trek cameo?
3: Oh, I did at the time. I I forget now.
1: Yeah, it was uh, Ethan Phillips, Neelix. He was the that's right. He was the medical was treating treating uh, Robert Gould Shaw. That's right after the Battle of Antean, that's right. Did and while you saw the other guy's leg off and <laughs> behind the curtain?
3: Did you catch in Glory uh, the Al Alan North? The Allen North
1: <laughs> The Alan North The Alan
3: North. I said that wrong, but it's Alan North. Who's
1: you, Alan North? Alan North from uh
3: police squad? Lieutenant oh, Drevens yes, boss. Yes, yes. yes, yes. Yeah, did, yeah, did yeah, you yeah. Catch that's him at right. the beginning.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was in there with uh Frederick Douglass, yeah.
3: Right, that's Right, yeah
1: and uh the quartermaster was the the guy from office space.
3: Yeah. That's right. Yes. And <laughs> uh the uh warden from Shawshank Redemption is in this movie as well. He's the he's guy, the, he's a the guy that I that's, haven't seen that movie. Well, he he uh doesn't he's the one that um gives the order to like so, okay, yeah, you guys can go and fight. We can stop. He's the guy that they that uh Matthew Broderick corners. And yep. says, "You know, I can uh, report a whole bunch of stuff on you guys." You know, I could just write a little letter to my dad. If you don't let you, us play, uh, did you
2: guys watch Westworld?
3: Uh, no, no. I, I, uh, what's that? That guy's dead to me. What's his name?
2: Westworld. Oh, uh, the guy is dead to you. Anthony Hopkins.
3: No, no, no. The guy that does makes yeah. all the shit. Ed Harris. No, he ruins. He ruins everything. Like he ruins, oh, Michael Crichton. No, <laughs> the guy. <laughs> he, ruins, <laughs> he ruins Star Trek. And then he ruined Star Wars. Dj <laughs> Abrams. Dj Abrams. That's it. That guy's dead to uh, me. He, he's he didn't good. Did not do Westworld? Did he? He does it's that a show. show, the show, right? Has it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, no, he's dead to
2: me. Anyway, one of the guys from Westworld is, was in this too. He was he was the guy sitting with the quartermaster at that supper.
3: Okay, hmm. it is weird though seeing like like the guy from Office Space and and Neelix yeah. in in these movies and these roles. Yeah. It's just it's funny how you kind of typecast them in 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 your head, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Bob Picardo was that guy you know up until he yeah, became that's right. uh, the doctor that's right know? yeah he was, he was just like... the the extra guy and everything
3: yep that's right i
1: think it was just one of those
3: right. um i will say though all three of these move movies stellar theme songs every single one of them i did like the uh soundtracks for all three especially glory like uh, i i think james horner did the music for it which I believe he's done a few Star Trek films as well, because everything ties to Star Trek. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was that's a really good theme. I do I do like the Braveheart soundtrack. I'm not a big bagpipes guy, but there's just a lot of good music in that. And then I'm if,
1: having oh, trouble remembering that now. I can't. Well, I, I could hum
3: it for you, but I, I'm not going to do that. Uh, and then of course, Bridger on the Why River Pii with the with mm-hmm. the whistling and all that stuff. I, I don't know. I, I just like the soundtrack in all three of these movies, regardless how mm. I felt about the films.
1: No, that's good. They're they're all good looking movies. they uh, you know they all sound good. Hmm.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean everything is yeah. like yeah yeah shot well. You know Bill Gibson can yeah. shoot a good movie, at least shoot well. All right, I guess that's it. You got anything else to say?
1: uh no I, I i enjoyed watching all three uh maybe uh i'll catch up to the Braveheart hate at some point but uh, <laughs> yes. for now i enjoyed it give uh, yourself into that bridge hate. on the river guai i'm glad i watched it i i wish i could have watched it you know fluidly me too in, in one nice sitting but i don't know i think those days are beyond me and i'll i'll happily sit down and watch glory again today mm. like i could <laughs> watch at <that> any time <laughs>
3: Oh, and yeah, that, that one point about uh, In Glory, how like, you know, the white savior or whatever and all that stuff. But I mean, that was the, that, that was just a product of its time, you know, you needed white people to stand up and, and say something, you know, like these people were repressed, you know. Oh I, yeah, I it's not it was something nitpick.
1: that it's one that I hear a lot.
3: And It's, well, oh, it's just one that kind of bothers me. Like I get it like in modern day films and all that stuff and like, like, the the I, I don't want to use spike lee language in here but like there is like this trope that he's picked up on where you know there'd be like uh like for instance that remember you know that golf movie with uh uh will smith and will smith teaches yeah yeah will Bagger smith Bagger teaches Vance. the white guy how to play golf so he could be a better golfer and he's like well why doesn't will smith just play golf when golf. he's that, yeah. that good <laughs> yeah. i get those kind of tropes and all that but like when you're i mean this is what happened this is what happened in reality this is this was history you needed you know noble people to stand up you know for for these causes and that and I, I think it's a little you know it's a little to discredit what he did, you know, just to say that you know like this movie is honor like it, I, is honoring him or whatever it's just it's telling him what actually happened so yeah
1: mm-hmm. all right, cool all
3: right, let's wrap this up
1: um I'm off my soapbox now. fun facts twist blah 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 plug p1 hey player one sat down to, to talk with us this episode so we gotta plug them go on to twitter at cartridge bros and that's it i don't know what else you do these days
2: <clears throat> that's it uh Mark and i stream once a week. we we started getting together playing games once a week just because we'd we used to podcast then we stopped doing that so we still wanted to see each other hang out and we just decided to stream it to Twitch but it's it's like Thursday nights so if you like watching two guys, Mark has convinced everybody that we are, we're going to have eye patches for the next one and the <laughs> viewers are going to be able to, to tell us to put on eye patches and I, I don't know what's going on, Mark
3: <laughs> Are you able to delay that stream two hours so I could watch it live and I don't have to watch it on video afterwards? <laughs> I,
2: um, uh, two hours. I would put it at nine. Oh no, that's bedtime for him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause that's,
3: yeah, that's I'm when right. my, my downtime starts at, at you know, I, like you guys just do it right at my busiest moment at time at work. And I can't, I just can't participate. Bums me up. Uh,
2: I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, because Mark, Mark's a pretty early bird. So we start at seven hour time and then usually we've been going about two hours. Um,
3: yeah, I do catch yeah, the he, end sometimes, the very end. But
2: it's it. Last week was so. Last week was was crazy. We he he like no joke. He was. Just- he told me he's going to the dollar store. He's buying eye patches and like <laughs> hats and unicorn horns. And I was like, What are you doing? That's good. He's he, into he, it. He, and he was like, They want us to wear them. I'm like, Nobody, nobody asked for that. <laughs> he's into it.
3: That's good. Yeah. So, so okay. now we're going
1: to just say he yeah. wants to wear those things. He wants to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, there you, there's your line right there. I don't want to be a pirate. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. So that's it. I mean, that's really it. Just Twitter's probably best because I share everything there anyway.
3: Uh, do you
1: want the, uh, the, what,
2: to what's the uh the Twitch handle wherever you're? Uh,
1: wwwtwitchtv Cool.
3: And do do uh, you want to plug the uh, stream? I know this was going to be posted probably just a few days before the weekend stream for Jason Heine.
1: So
2: Jason Heine, uh, for those of you who are listening who know uh, who he is, um, great. If you don't, he was one of the members of All Gen Gamers. I think he came in around episode six and took them from four guys talking loudly into mics with a lot of pops and gave them the sound that they had for 200 episodes. Um, he does his own podcast now. He He's amazing. He was a guest on a Cartridge Club episode for the T-shirt Kevin's wearing, actually. Um, oh, that's right, yeah. And, uh,
3: I didn't even notice that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been eyeballing you for the last hour. <laughs>
4: um,
2: and so he, he had some health problems. Uh, he lives in America, unfortunately, which can sometimes mean that health problems also mean financial problems and uh, he started the GoFundMe that's available, so a couple of us were talking, and we thought it might be fun to uh, get together and do a stream. We're going to stream for 24 hours and and hopefully send, send people or just bring awareness to his GoFundMe. Um, at the very least, send him support and love in the form of, uh, I guess, eye patches at this point.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, so uh, if you um, want to come out and hang out, great. We'll be on Twitch 24 hours starting this Friday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. I got to verify that.
3: Um,
2: I think that's right. Um, maybe 9 p.m. Eastern time. Cause musty's doing three and then the Q dogs. Yeah. So 8 or 9 p.m. Eastern time, uh, come check that out and then it'll run until Saturday night. At the same time It's going to start with musty Hobbit. Q dogs will be there. Kevin will be there. Um, we're going to have Derek and Josh. We're going to have Ro- rocket sauce. Uh, myself and my brother will end off the stream and we're going to have Chris base guy, uh, Taking us through the the wee hours of the morning, breaking, and he'll actually be the most exciting one to watch because he will be breaking world records on NES games.
3: Um, yeah, he flies through Ninja Gaiden. like he, he, yeah, I beat some like all three games in in an hour or something like that, something ridiculous. He started playing was it Beetlejuice? There was a game that he picked up for the first time, got the
2: world record within a week, and then <laughs> beat his own world record by like forty seven seconds, like a day later. He's the man's... Jeez. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing over there. He's just plugging. He's like Robocop, plugging right into the system.
3: Well, I, I'm going to be beating uh, NES games as well for my stream. It's going to be starting at eight a.m. I, I'm going to do uh, color color your dinosaur, nice. color my dinosaur, or whatever uh, Kirby's uh, Fun House, whatever Yoshi's Cookie. Is that an easy game? Yeah, yeah, you can do that one. Okay.
2: Uh, Mark and I are just going to play Kirby's Adventure, but we're playing the special edition one on NES Online, which starts you at the last boss with all of the upgrades. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: No, I plan on uh, playing some games that uh, I know that Jason Heine loves and I would listen to him talk about. Uh, I plan on doing some Hydro Thunder. I'll have my Xbox Live account uh, activated until the 17th of April because I bought the $2, uh, two months for $2. So yeah, if anyone, yeah. So I know I'm going to be early on Saturday. It's going to be 8 a.m. on Saturday. But uh, hey, if you want to play some Hydro Thunder online, I'd be more up up for that. And um, I don't know. There's there's a whole bunch of games that, like especially the racing games and that. That uh,
2: Crazy Taxi is a big one. He
3: likes. Yeah, that was another one that I used to play a lot too. Yeah, it's weird. Like like when I I first started getting into that show uh, through Metal Jesus Rocks uh because i had no idea that that show had existed and i I didn't know who uh the happy console gamer was or anything like that and uh when i found out that he had a a show and he was on it with gamester 81 i started listening to it and you know as i started listening to it jason Heine slowly started becoming my favorite uh person on the show because i i don't know i just we had this connection with like we played a lot of the same games. He was a PC gamer. You know, loved the racing games. I'm not too big on the like I like shooters, but he likes the playing online. I'm not too big on that, but everything else was just like, man, we're in like simpatico, you know, with all these all these games and you know, as I went back and I like, listened to all the backlog of, of the show, I really uh you know, got to uh, know his taste and I knew if he liked a, a racing game or if he kind of complained about it or something like that, I would normally have like a similar feeling about that game. So yeah, it's, I think it's a really good uh, cause, and I, I hope we're able to raise a lot of money. Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: he's in a rough spot, man. I can't imagine. Like, I, I, I'm thankful for where where I live. I was lucky to be born here, but I, uh, I hope hope we can help him out in some way. Um, and there's a lot of people who who feel the same way that the two of us do. So I think it should be a good time. Yeah, at yeah. the very least, I know he'll he will feel uh, the love, you know, from from us as a group, and even that can help.
3: So this will be all done on Twitch, right? On, all on, on Twitch, yeah. On your yeah. cartridge uh, bros.
2: Yeah, on the,
1: on the channel I just said there, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
3: Okay, and Richard, you're going to hang out with us there at all? Uh,
1: I will do my best to get in there. Yeah. If it's going for 24 hours, I guess there's always something to catch, so yeah. I will tune in.
3: I'll get you some more, spend more money. Go and uh, get Xbox Live and go get a copy of uh, Hydro Thunder so you can play with me. Yeah, It's 24
2: hours, so we're going to watch Braveheart once, it'll be 15 minutes worth
3: of <laughs> we Would we get kicked off of Twitch if we uh, run movies? Don't they uh, block? I don't know. Maybe they'll just say, ah, it's just Braveheart. Who cares? Yeah, we'll I think
2: it uh, just eliminates your voice, your video on demand afterwards. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah.
3: All right. Get
2: a cease and desist for historical inaccuracies.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, okay, well, good yeah. Good luck to you both and the whole crew for that Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh April what what did, what are you doing now? Oh, I, I put down this? I
3: we April is the month of love. It's spring. Spring is in the air and we are going to watch some romantic comedies. You oh, and I cool. sir are going to <laughs> watch some
1: romantic comedies. Can we at least have a guest to break up the uh, the man sandwich here? Uh... Well, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe.
3: Uh, I don't know. Okay. You don't want to uh do a little sword fight for these movies? Uh <laughs> <sighs> We're talking about Braveheart, right? The sword fighting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, April is uh, Spring Love, and we're going to be watching When Harry Met Sally, classic. So I Married an Axe Murderer, classic, and As Good As It Gets. Those are my, those are like, that's my kind of romantic comedy.
1: I have never seen any one of them. Excellent.
2: You're in for a treat. As Good As It Gets is really, a really well done movie. And, and I um, like so, Mar- so I Married an Axe Murderer when I was a teenager, so.
1: Okay, from what I know about this, uh, Meg Ryan and and what's his face, Billy Crystal, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Myers, and I don't know Nancy Travis, Nancy
3: Travis, right?
1: And um, Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Okay.
2: And Greg Kinnear.
1: Yeah. I've seen trailers. Is there a dog in that movie? Like a yep, little, yeah. little yep. dog? Is it uh, obnoxious?
2: There is. I, I almost split without a spoiler scene, but there's a great scene. A great. Moment
1: with Are that you gonna dog. say we're you gonna say like for a moment there was a dog or something? No,
2: no, no, no. There's, a, there's, <laughs> just a, there's an interaction between Jack Nicholson and Greg Kinnear about the dog that I it's one of my favorite one of my favorite scenes, my favorite interactions in movies, and I don't want to spoil it because it's, it's kind of a good little okay moment.
3: You're you're in for right, a, I'll tell you what you're in for a treat for Richard Helen Hunt in the rain wet or white t-shirt. That's all I gotta say. Uh, it, yeah, yeah.
1: uh Uh, trust me um Uh, you you gotta do a lot to motivate me oh no i don't (laughs) no (laughs) i don't no you're Uh, gonna like
3: him you're gonna like him and we'll get we'll get somebody in for it i know sarah would be up for this uh, these are like three uh, you'll like it uh and then in may of course we're going with your second favorite series of all time we'll do in may the force be with you that's May in capital letters a- May, a- May the Force for May we're going to be watching the Star Wars Despecialized Editions that's oh. A New Hope The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi so you can download these on the dark web um, if you're nervous about going on the dark web or anything like that uh, just send me a PM and I'll, I'll find a way to get these movies to you
1: I will send you a PM right now <laughs>
3: This is like the originals all restored back to their former glory. It's like all the extra stuff, oh, all gotcha, the gotcha, gotcha. the the CG, all those extra scenes are taken out. They took there's a uh, really interesting documentary. It's about an hour long on YouTube about everything they've done. They've got like they scoured laser discs and you know additions from all over the place and that to get the best you know original image and then they compile it all together and color correct it and everything to. Get it back cool. to its uh, mm. uh, former glory.
1: The, th- the original release. As close as possible. Right. Yeah.
3: No, cool. no not, like none of that extra crap. Nothing like that. Mm. So, so that's what we're going to be watching. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know if we'll be able to get a guess for that. Do we know anyone who's into Star Wars?
1: <sighs> I, mean, I mean. I'm waiting for I, the soundboard.
3: Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't have my, I don't have my
1: computer turned on. <laughs>
2: Uh, if uh, if none of the other massive Star Wars fans are into it, I would I would come on for that. Yeah, uh, I know you got Duke and Chris and just about everybody else on yeah. the planet, um, Josh. But if you run out, if everybody else, you know,
3: I'm pre- i pretty sure if we do this episode without Duke out of spite, he's just going to go and write a theme song for every other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll lose our exclusivity. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that'll happen.
2: Yeah. does he like Star
4: Wars? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, okay, I think that's it. I think we've uh, yeah. yeah, we said everything we possibly can say. That's it for this episode.
1: Yep. Cool. Thanks All for right. hanging out with us again, Sean, and uh, thanks to Shadow for being a little eye candy in the background there. It should I'll be two hundred
2: foot for like a half
1: an hour yeah.
4: Toes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and uh, thanks for uh, Sean's mom for lurking in the background there. All that yeah. just, just chomping at the bit to talk about Braveheart. Your opinion.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right.
3: I guess that's it. So yes. Bye.
1: All right. See you next time, everybody.
3: Bye.
4: All right. <laughs>